Our guest in this episode is Wish alum Lisa Torrieri Cayaza. Uh, in 2001, Lisa had her wish granted to have a Sweet 16 party. Lisa is now a nurse practitioner, a registered nurse. Lisa, welcome to the Wish House podcast. How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. No problem. Um, yes, all that is true. And I can't believe it's 20 years and everyone knows how old I am now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, as a 20 plus year uh, survivor as well, I'm with you on that. You know, I'm I know. I'm 38. I had to ask Siri um, earlier today. I was like, how old am I, Siri? And Siri was like, you're 38, but you don't look a day older than 29. I'm like, thanks. I appreciate that. Okay, that's good. <laughs> So next time you try it, try ask Siri how old you are and she'll come up with something interesting for you. Okay, I will. Yeah, so um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, back in 2001, uh, you know, like you mentioned right off the bat, it's, it's perfect. You know, you're celebrating, you just celebrated your 20th anniversary of when your wish was granted. Your wish was granted back in February 18th of 2001 mm -hmm. and you had a sweet 16 party. So take us back to like right before your wish happened, what was uh, your condition that was diagnosed that made you eligible to receive a wish? And kind of what was the journey from there to then being referred to make wish? How did you first hear about it? So in May of 2000, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And um, they told me it was the best kind of cancer. So that was hopeful. <laughs> um, and I did six months of treatment, chemo, um, no radiation, just chemo a couple times a month and, and the nurses were great and everyone was really supportive. Um, and I didn't think that I was eligible for a wish because in my mind, wish kids were people who were not going to live very long. Um, and for me, thankfully that wasn't the path. Um, but the nurses there were like, you get to make a wish. I'm like, what are you talking about? I get to make a wish now. So we reached out to the local chapter and they're like, yeah, you get to make a wish. And so we thought about, you know, what should we wish? What should I wish for? And that kind of thing. And since I turned 16 in August of 2001, that's right. Yeah. No. Yes. August. And then, so I was going through my treatment at that time. So we had the party in February and I was in remission and everything was great. So it was really like a dual sort of celebration so we weren't just celebrating my birthday but also my health beautiful and you know what kind of uh, when you were first obviously you you obviously met with wish granters and and your wish granters were actually one of them is actually still very active with our chapter her name is dana clark shout out to dana yeah. if you're listening to this podcast she's still working on wishes she's still making an impact in the community which is pretty cool and your other yeah. um wish granter was uh, diana chioli who was also very involved for many many years um so mm -hmm. how was it meeting them for the first time and kind of them kind of coming to you with this like grand idea of like a wish because that's pretty a big thing to think yeah. about when you're 15 years old yeah it was great i mean they were so detail-oriented and they knew what they were doing. So, I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. So they're like, okay, so you can, you know, you're going to get your hair done. You're going to get your nails done. We pick the place. You get a limo. You get to bring your friends. So it was like all this really magical stuff. And the photographer and a videographer and a DJ, like it was like a planning a wedding. For real. <laughs> but we and didn't have to do anything. <laughs> all you had to do was show up and have fun, exactly. right? 
exactly, exactly. And and you mentioned a couple of things which I think are really important to highlight to our listeners, which is one, when you were first referred to Make a Wish, we you talked about how you didn't think that you would be even eligible for a wish. Right. Yeah, you're here mm-hmm. receiving chemotherapy, you're in the hospital. It's very mm-hmm. much a very common thin thing, especially for you know, teenage year kind of uh, wish kids where which I was as well, where mm-hmm. I thought I'm I'm not that sick. I had stage four lung cancer right. and I was like, yeah, I'm not that sick. I'm going to be okay. And, you know, and it's crazy, but it's true. And I find that a lot of alumni in, similar to us in the same kind of age um, of when mm-hmm. one they were referred and two, when they were going through treatment, all feel the same way. Like we weren't deserving of a wish that we weren't, there was someone right. out there that was way more sicker than us that, that deserved it mm-hmm. more than us. But the reality is that we were dealing with a truly critical uh, condition that put our lives in danger. And at the time of the referral, we were eligible. And, you know, thankfully, like you said, medicine is an amazing thing. You had a great team around you um, Mm -hmm. that allowed, you said it perfectly before, it was the best kind of, you know, if you can have a cancer, that's the best one you can have because it's the most treatable treatable one. So you can do it. So, (laughs) and that's the kind of mindset you kind of get into when you're in treatment for those that are listening and, and, Hopefully you never have this experience uh, personally, mm-hmm. but you kind of get into this mode where every negative thing you find a positive in it somehow. Um, right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. So when I was uh, diagnosed uh, with lung cancer, the type of uh, hormone that my particular cancer was giving out is uh, uh, I forget the name of it and chemo fog. Right. But anyway, so the mm-hmm. type of um, the hormone that I was giving out is, is the same hormone that women when they're pregnant, would have mines were like in the hundreds of thousands so if i would have taken a pregnancy test it would have shown up like i was pregnant so oh that was God. like a running joke between me and the doctors they were like hey you know this is uh you know how's the how are you and baby doing today and it was like you found <laughs> some sort of in a warped way some sort of making it normal in the midst of mm-hmm. everything going on especially for teenagers that are dealing with con- you know illnesses and conditions like this you always try to find a, a space to kind of make everything okay if you can kind of just right. for your own sanity and did you find mm-hmm. that you did a lot of that also when you were kind of going through treatment trying to find some sense of normalcy in yeah. the midst of all the craziness around you mm-hmm. yeah i mean i tried to stick to my schedule as much as i could you know depending on how i felt mm-hmm. i mean i went to school pretty much the whole time so i was, I was diagnosed in may and i stopped treatment in no, october So I had a little bit of a break over the summer, but from May till June, I mean, I went to class, I went to school and I was, wasn't doing cheerleading at the time, but that's more of like in the, in the fall. But when the fall, you know, when school restarted, I went back and I did my cheering. And I mean, I try to keep a normal routine because everyone's like, Oh, why are you going to school? Why are you, you, you can't just sit home. I mean, you'll be just, I mean, and we didn't have the streaming services we have now. So maybe now with Netflix and uh, (laughs) Apple TV and all of those, maybe, no. But, um, you know, it was great. And everyone now knows what it feels like to be home by yourself right after this whole pandemic. We're still going through it. Um, But, I mean, I stuck to my routine and I tried to keep things normal. I mean, as normal as possible. So. I think that really helped and, you know, seeing friends and family and, you know, just doing normal activities. I remember it was my birthday. We went to the zoo and like, you know, just like being a normal teenager. 
Yeah, I remember right before I went into, uh, I had some surgery that I had to get done. I had a lot of chest tubes put in and for drainage and all this kind of stuff. Right. And I remember right before one of them, my parents were like, we got to do something that's family kind of normal kind of experience. Right. So we ended up going to like Playland. It was like free. It was like super cold out. And they were like, no, let's just go to Playland. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. um, and we just kind of walked around like in the in the area just to kind of yeah. have some sense of normalcy, I guess. And it was uh, and it was just you, you parents and families. We try they try to find a way to kind of ease you through mm -hmm. all this stuff that you're going through. But uh, mm -hmm. but happy to hear that you're doing well now. Right. I mean, it's been 20 years yeah. since your wish and you're you have a clean bill of health. Right. Yes. Thankfully, after those six months of chemo, they were right. It was the best kind. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> nothing, nothing ever, you know, resurfaced. Knock on wood. Everything's been fine. I've been very lucky, very blessed. So man, I'm with you um, on that, man. Isn't it like the, but do you get at all any like, um, like PTSD anytime you have to schedule like your annual checkups or anything like that? Like, is it in the back of your mind? Like, oh my goodness, is this going to be something that I got to deal with again? Do you ever feel like that at all? Not really. I mean, as, um, as a nurse, we're the worst patients, so we don't really do that as many follow-ups as we should. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we're like, we're fine. I'm fine. We diagnose ourselves. Um, but you know, not, not really. I mean, not that, not that I can think of, but yeah, I mean, there's always something, you know, in the back of your mind, like, Oh, what's, what's going to happen is, am I going to be okay? But been, I've been good so far. So hopefully it will continue. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we hope so as well. Continued health and, um, and wellness throughout all your years that you have. And, you know, I got to say something and you know, it's interesting because, um, with your experience as a, as a wish alum and, you know, there's always a lot of avenues you can take right after that. Some people get involved with the organization right away. Others, mm -hmm. in my case, I took a break. I took a seven year, eight year break between my wish mm -hmm. and I got re-engaged with the chapter. And for others, they support it from afar, you know, kind of in anonymity in a way by doing other things, sharing their experiences with their friends, families, maybe they're someone they know is dealing with it. Um, but in your case, you also took that experience and then applied it to your career, which you kind of hinted at just now. You're, you're a nurse, correct? And how did that yeah. kind of come about, that idea of wanting to become a nurse and, and, and being kind of that go-to advocate for, for patients at the hospital? So when I graduated high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was sure I didn't want to be a nurse. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to do anything in healthcare. And then I went to college and I was like, well, what am I going to do with my degree when I get a degree? Like, I want to actually use it. And there's not a whole lot of careers out there that, you know, you get the degree and you use it. So there's like, I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't want to be an accountant. It's kind of like, well, what else is there? I'm like, oh, nursing. And I worked in the doctor's office doing like very office-y sort of things. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes they would let you do some other like stuff with the patients. And I was like, I think I could do this. So I went back, I was in school. So I continued and I chose my major, I chose nursing, I went to the University of Delaware. And um, it was great. I, I've been a nurse now for 13 years. Wow. Congratulations. I know it's a long time and it's wow. crazy. I can't believe it's been that long. And I still think I'm a new nurse. Not I, like I, I see these like young nurses and I'm like, 
They're like, oh, I'm new. I'm like, I've been here for 13 years. And they look at me like, you're old. I'm like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So I've been at the same hospital since my start, which is, I mean, sometimes common. It's a great place to work. I work at New York Presbyterian Hospital. And I've been there um, since 2007. So I've been working. um, Yes. So I didn't want to do nursing, but then. I'm happy I chose it. (laughs) Um, And I do connect with the patients and, you know, I just, I empathize with them. I don't see a whole lot of um, cancer patients. Sometimes I do, but just patients in general. I mean, anybody going through anything, you know, you just let them know that we're here for them and just show them a little extra caring because it's tough to be in the hospital. I mean, it was tough before, and now this past year really has proven even tougher. So these patients really have been through a lot. And when the visitors weren't allowed, we were the only people that they were seeing. So to give that little extra TLC was super important for these patients. You know, I was going to ask you about your 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 own experience kind of working in the, uh, the hospital system, you know, during a global pandemic where in the beginning, no one knew what was going on, no one knew how things were being spread or you know what kind of safeguards you can take to help avoid you contracting this virus, which at the time, no one knew much about. Um, right. You know, how, how, I mean, how was that for you? Being someone, you know, like many of our WISH alum that are in that category of like that predisposition to maybe having more susceptibility of being sick. You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, how was that for you? You're here, you're doing a job that you love, a career, a passion that you have, you know, wanting to be um, present with these with these patients and, and caring for them in the capacity mm-hmm. in which you can. Um, and then but then you also have, you know, the fear, uh, potentially the fear. I'm speaking for you, but I'm guessing there's that fear that, um, you know, of the unknown. Uh, how was that yeah. for you kind of managing and kind of balancing those two things, your passion and also your own health and well-being? Um, it was, I didn't really think about myself. I, you're bringing it up now and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I'm sort of, I was at higher risk than the normal, the normal nurse. Um, no nurses are normal. I'm just kidding. Um, um, and it was, it was, a. it's a lot. It was a lot. This whole year, past year was a lot for everyone. So the, the unknown in the beginning like last year at this time, it was, it was difficult because nobody really knew and nobody knew like if we were going to get it and like who was going to get it or, you know, what can we do to prevent it? So, I mean, luckily again, very blessed. They did not get um, COVID. Mm -hmm. I was in contact with COVID patients from the beginning till now. Um, And, you know, very thankful that the hospital where I work had appropriate um, equipment for us. So we didn't, you know, we weren't, you know, you're at risk just being a nurse, but we weren't at higher risk without the, without the supplies we needed. Right. Um, but, you know, it was, it was really, really tough for all the nurses because I mean, you, a lot of, a lot of people I know got sick and I mean, it, because it was more in the beginning when we didn't really know how to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that was really when it was happening most. I mean, but still here and there, you know, it depends on the situation, but it was definitely a challenge. Um, it was 
a lot of unknown um, and sort of isolating in a way because the nurses and all hospital staff, not just nurses, um, we were going out every day, every day, every day, and everyone else stuck at home. So it's like sort of reverse isolation. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Um, so everyone was stuck at home and getting stir crazy. And we were just still exhausted because we have not stopped. And there's, there's, it's just, there's a lot of fatigue because the patients still need us. So it's not like, you know, we can take a break. So the hospitals, there's still patients in the hospital and there's still, you know, on things to be done. So it's a lot of fatigue, but thankfully, you know, work with a lot of great nurses, a lot of support. We really support each other. And that's another thing about nursing is that it's more than a career. It's really like a family. So I've been at my job for 13 years and I've known nurses that long. So that's longer than I've known some of my close friends. So it's pretty amazing that, you know, and that a lot of people stay in the same place because of this family, you know, that they develop. That's what I find. You know, it's interesting because that's very much the way we feel here at Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley. You build that same kind of uh, familial kind of, you know, uh, relationships with everyone. And even for us, you know, as a small staff where, you know, we had all of a sudden then not be, having not have lunch together every single day right. and you know and not and be having to work from home and for many of us we still are working from home um mm-hmm. you know, even a year later and you know yet the what's ahead of us is still unknown <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. like we have no idea when we're going to get it you know we're not probably going to get back to fully what it was before at least definitely not in in uh, you know um in recent in recent times, but you know, eventually maybe we'll get back to what it was. I mean, mm-hmm. the Spanish flu happened in the, in the early 1900s, and people came back, and everybody was having fun at Central Park and having a good time. You know, so mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, we'll get there eventually. But with yeah. that, but with mm-hmm. all of these ebbs and flows of kind of stopping and going during this pandemic, you know, we as an organization have also kind of had to evolve as well to kind of fit the same need, like the way you're fitting the needs of your patients. You know, we're having to fit the need for our wish kids because in the kind of had to stop everything for like a few weeks just to kind of get a sense of what are we going to do next but the same Mm -hmm. thing like you said we never stopped granting wishes we continued working on wishes coordinating wishes that we could grant during this time things that were not part of large gatherings or didn't involve travel and things that were within our control that we could ensure that it was you know relatively safe you know Mm -hmm. we're continuing to grant wishes so we did a bunch of computer wishes and laptop wishes and you know all this fun stuff so and we're continuing to do it and now as we continue to evolve now a year later things are changing and we're starting to work around the kids are reimagining their wishes from what maybe right. we're holding on to like maybe we could do travel but now it's looking like it may not happen anytime soon so mm-hmm. uh, kids are now reimagining their original wishes to something that could be granted and could give them a lot of strength and hope right now um mm-hmm. with that said did you find that your your sweet 16 party even though it felt like a wedding, preparing for it, did you find that it did give you that strength to kind of keep moving forward? And, um, you know, after kind of going through those months of treatment that you went through? Yeah, I mean, it was it was amazing. It was it, it was a really a real feel good event. And I think, you know, not only me, but my family, we needed, you know, we needed something that was joyful to celebrate. So. Um, it was really great. And yeah, it did. I think it really just 
made everyone feel really good and like hopeful and definitely inspired that, you know, even though we went through something bad, there was good that came out of it. Absolutely. And one thing I forgot to mention before is that, you know, you kind of, if, if my, my stats are correct and my research was done properly, it seems to <laughs> me like you had a full circle moment because you were treated from my understanding at New York Presbyterian and now you're oh, working there. At, yeah. at New York Presbyterian. So that is in itself, I buried the whole lead with that. I mean, that's where we should have started. <laughs> like, that's an amazing yeah. moment to really sit back and think mm -hmm. about, like, here you are going through this thing as a teenager. And then, you know, 20 years later, you're here 13 years into the job of working there, helping other patients, you know, get through what they're getting through, going through at that mm -hmm. moment. That's amazing. Yeah. And shout out to you and, and to all of our <laughs> hospital staff that support our families and our wish kids and all those that they deal with on a day to day. Because without you guys there, um, like you said, especially now during this pandemic where you, they're not able to have people visit them, you guys are their only family in the um, at the hospital, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Yes, it's a different campus, but it's the same um, NYP. So it is it is pretty impressive. But um um, yeah, we, we got to get you in one of those black and white commercials where they come out with, uh, I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing things are happening here. Yes. I love it. Yes. Let's uh, give them, we'll give them a shout out in the show notes and we'll hit them up on Twitter. See if they, they, yes. oh this. my God. They, they love, they love Instagram. So they would love this. There you go. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm going to hit them up on Instagram. <laughs> um, that's amazing. And then obviously, you know, as we're going through this journey of your, your wish and, your treatment and kind of what your career, you know, how are you doing now? I know that, you know, you're now married, you know, how are you doing? How's everything going? How are you feeling? Um, Good. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and kind of where you're at now. Yeah. So um, we'll be married three years in April. My husband and I, uh, Rocco, um, things are good. You know, we, um, live in white plains. We moved from the city. I lived in the city for like eight years, I think, seven or eight years. And then we moved up to white plains and I'm originally from Westchester. That's how we got in the Hudson Valley group. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, really, we love to travel, love to cook. And you mentioned, um, when you live with your that Italian family in Florida that, um, are you watching Stanley Tucci searching for Italy? Yes, that's a yes. Let's talk about it's that. It's so good. It's like <laughs> wanting us, making us want to travel. Well, it's um, interesting because three, it'll be five years in uh, August. We went to Italy, my husband and I, his family, he has some family that still lives there. We went on a trip and we were in Florence, and that's actually where he proposed, which was awesome. Hey, talk about romantic. I, was, I know, and I was so surprised. Because I was, Everyone's like, you're going to get engaged in Italy. And I'm like, why would he travel with the ring? That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. And he surprised you over there. I know. I was very surprised. Um, but yeah, I mean, doing really good. I mean, no complaints. Um, just living your best life. Exactly. I was just going to say, I try to really appreciate everything. Um, and people do notice that in me and I don't really notice it because it's just something I do. And I, I take care of this patient and I said, um, what do I say? Um, like, Oh, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. You know, I try and she says, you don't try, you just do it. So she, she didn't know me. She didn't know 
that I was sick. I met her, you know, only a couple of years ago. So it's just, you know, trying to stay positive and trying to help other people see that, like, not so bad. (laughs) Or it could be worse, you know. Um, And I got the COVID vaccine. And it was interesting because everyone's like, oh, I didn't feel good. And, you know, some people did feel good. Some didn't. I felt fine after the first one. The second one, I really didn't feel great. But what was interesting, and it's like, even now when I don't feel good, and you can attest to this because you've been through it, you never feel as bad as you did as when you get chemo. So 100%. I don't feel good. It's like, eh, I don't feel like 100%. Maybe I feel 80. But when you get chemo, you feel about 20. So 80 sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. I mean, you know, it's crazy when you think when I think about also around that time, you know, I went in Wayne, uh, when I first was diagnosed, I think it was like 165 pounds. Again, I was a sophomore in high school, you know, mm-hmm. 165, pretty in shape. And then when I left, when I was at my worst, I was down to like 118. Um, wow. I was not, it was the only time in my life I ever had abs where you could actually see a <laughs> six pack abs was when I was 118 pounds. They came and went really fast. Cause I started eating like crazy after that, trying to <laughs> regain my weight. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, when you go through something that life altering, you know, so early mm-hmm. on in life, it's true. Nothing ever really compares, you know, no. to, like my, my shoulder's killing me right now. I probably need to go to a physical therapist or something, but until my arm falls off, I'm probably not going to go. Cause it's just something <laughs> that happens. Right. And like you said yeah. it before, like, you know, as nurses, like you self-diagnose and you're like, oh, we can get through this, you know, fine. same thing. Yeah. You're fine. You can keep on, you can walk, you're not bleeding. You're good. You can keep on moving forward. And I think that mentality is something that is a survival mechanism that I think is ingrained in you when you go through something as serious as mm-hmm. Hodgkin's lymphoma, like in your case. And, um, and I think that's an inspiration also for a lot of families that are currently going through it too, is that it's mm-hmm. difficult and it will, and, and, but there is, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel, at the end of right. tr- you can take a breath again, you can get back to, you know, your normal routine of what it was prior to that to a certain extent. And, you know, you, you're, you're creating a whole new chapter in your, in your book of life, you know, once you're mm-hmm. done with treatment. And, um, and I think that's something that's also important for families to hear because I know that a lot of the families that are listening to this podcast are probably are listening to it while they're, you know, waiting, you know, waiting to find out results of tests. And they're, they're kind of in the mm-hmm. middle, in the midst of everything. And they need something to kind of get their mind off of it. And hopefully this is some, this is podcast in honor of our 35th anniversary um, is something that's going to really help them during this time. And that's our goal is that this is mm-hmm. generating some sort of good, goodwill amongst our family, our, the families that we work with. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, that's what we hope. And, you know, thank you so much for sharing so, so much about your, your experience. And, you know, I would love to kind of get into the shooting star segment, which is a, seg- a series of questions. Yeah, it sounds okay. like I'm on a family feud. I feel like Steve Harvey. I right. love him. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. I love it. Yeah, it's such a great show. But there's always like weird answers that you get. Like, you know, yeah. it's always like you get the five people that 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 think something totally random. Like, where did you find five people that thought about that one random thing? Like, I feel like I it's all set up, but that's for conversation for another day. Uh, so the shooting star <laughs> segment is a series of questions where you say the first thing that comes to mind. So okay. I know this may be a little biased, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of a lot of stories over the years. But what is your favorite Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley memory? Because you shared that you've been to different events uh, with Make-A-Wish, you know, galas, wish balls. You know, I'm sure you've heard of other wishes that were granted outside of your own. You know, out of all these kind of cool Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley memories, what would you say is like your favorite out of all of them? 
I think when uh, my mom and I came and see came to see the Wish House, and it was sort of new. I don't know what year that was. It's probably a long time ago. Two thousand and one, um, same time that you had your uh, wish granted, was when we were first okay. we first moved to the Tarrytown uh, location where our Wish House is located. Yes, it's beautiful, and I remember going just feeling so like welcome and. Not cozy, but like cozy, but so like you felt like warm when you were there. Like you came at home. home. Yeah. Yes. It, it was great. That, I mean, and I know like, you know, my wish was great and the gals are great. And I, I think I did an event at the Kittle House one year, which was great. And I spoke about my experience, but I just remember that being just, I still remember like what it felt like when we walked in there. When you and your mom visited the Wish House back in 2001, was it before or after possibly when we had our wishing well? Were you guys able to make a wish in the wishing well that we have in front of the Wish House? Or was that a little bit before we had it um, set up? It might have been before. I don't remember. I don't recall that. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, for those that are listening, one of the cool things you can do um, when visiting the Wish House, when we're able to receive visitors again, is you can come to the Wish House and we'll give you a token. And you're welcome to come as well, Lisa. So when you when things yeah. get all calm down please calm down with you know with your husband it'll be great to meet him um but we give you guys a coin and it says good for one wish and you're able to make a wish in taylor's wishing well and taylor's wishing well is uh in honor of a wish kid her name was taylor and she had a really fun wish to meet shrek in disney world I hope that's and, awesome. yeah so um you know it was just such a beautiful uh wish and you know unfortunately you know taylor did pass away soon after her wish was granted but you know, one of the guys that was helping us at a wish ball heard her story and was like, you know, I can't receive any payment for anything that, you know, I'm doing tonight. I'm just going to donate whatever you're going to give me back to you guys. And he donated it in the form of a wishing well. And so anyone that comes to the wishing wells um, since that date is able to come and make a wish in that in that well in honor of Taylor. So we invite you and your husband, Rocco, to come down and um, uh, visit us. And you're not that yeah, far, you're right definitely. in White Plains. So you're about yeah, like- Yeah, I know, we're not ride. far. <laughs> Super close. So once we're our office, once we're all back in the office and we're yeah. able to do it again, we definitely want to have you there. And, um, but yeah, so that's for those that are listening in that you know are just kind of first hearing about the Wish House. And you know, this whole podcast is called Welcome to the Wish House, is the Wish House podcast, because that's really, you know, that that that's who we are. You know, we want you to feel like you're coming home. We want you to feel cozy. It doesn't feel like an office when you're in there. You know, we're all having oh, like our own, it feels like we're all just kind of in our own little workstation in the house somewhere. There's like a nice fireplace, mm-hmm. it's a nice area. So it's yeah, and it's changed a lot since the last time you visited, I'm guessing. So you definitely have yeah. to come by and 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 uh, take a look so that'll be good yeah um the next question i have for you is you know outside of your um your own wish you know what would you say was is a wish that you've heard over the years that you really were touched by a profound way i love the i i might be wrong in saying this the original wish with the state trooper yeah so chris gracious his wish was to be an arizona state trooper um, and he was the child that inspired the creation of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I love that because, you know, he just, that's what he wanted and they made it happen and it made him feel so special. And, you know, that's just what you guys are about. So I know there's a lot like that, but like that one always stands out. And maybe because I've heard it the most, I don't know, but Absolutely. I do love it. 
if it wasn't for Chris, you know, we wouldn't have had our experiences. Chris was the one that, you know, made it all happen for us. You know, he gave us something to look forward to, even though he passed soon. At, also soon after his wish was granted, he, his mm -hmm. living legacy is our over the 100, 200, 300,000 kids, including us that have received a wish all because he decided one day, you know, to think outside the box and people around him were like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> and it just right. happened, you know, and mm -hmm. actually at the time of this recording, you know, we're celebrating International Women's Day today and yeah. we have a really great post on Facebook. So if you're able to check it out, definitely go back and check it out. Today is uh, March 8th um, and, and see that post because it's a video post of Chris's mom talking about his the experience oh, wow. his so you got to check it out if you're listening to this podcast yeah. we'll make sure to you know uh, link it up in the show notes so you can take a look it's really powerful especially for because she's like she's everyone's mom you know um linda pauline who's chris's mom she if it wasn't for her and and the other founders co-founders of make-a-wish you know I'm, I'm forever indebted to chris um even even though i never met him but i feel like i did because you know, through our linked experiences of all wish alum, it all is because of him and because of Linda, mm -hmm. you know, um, sharing him with us, you know, with the rest of the world. So um, that's so shout out to to Linda and to all the women for uh, International Women's Day, which is awesome. Um, and I have another question for you, Lisa. It, what advice would you give to someone in the community who is interested in volunteering or getting involved with our local Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley chapter? What would you tell them about our charity, our um, Make-A-Wish chapter uh, to encourage them to get involved? I would say definitely do it. I want to get more involved myself. Um, it's something that, you know, it's something that you can't, you, it's a satisfaction that you can't buy, right? So it's something that you make, you're making other people feel really special and needed and just that they're going to be okay. So it's something that it's, I don't know, it's sort of like nursing too. So it's, we get paid, but, <laughs> but it's like when you help other people, it just makes you feel better. And it makes you feel like you're, you're making a difference in someone's life and you are. So even if it's a, a small thing, if it's a donation or volunteering at an event, it's, it's, making a difference for other people and other people's children, which are super important. That's so true. And, 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 and really to kind of amplify what you're saying with that, you know, every little bit counts because it's mm -hmm. true. I mean, especially now during this pandemic where, you know, half of our wishes, a little bit more than half the wishes that we typically would grant, which are travel related wishes, we're unable to grant right now. What mm -hmm. that means is that at some point down the line, you know, whenever that time comes when we are able to grant travel, which is again, our, you know, the amount of wishes that we're going to have backlog that are going to have to happen relatively quickly, you know, we're going to need the funds to be able to grant those wishes. So we encourage everyone to kind of keep that in mind. We have a lot of fun virtual events that will be coming up in the, in the coming months, you know, from our stars at home, our walk for wishes, you know, both are free to register events. All you have to do is participate, spread the word, and then you're in like Flynn, right? So it's mm -hmm. one of those things that it's just, uh, you can make an impact in your local community just by saying, raising your hand and saying, I want to get involved. And that's something that mm -hmm. you, we encourage everyone that's listening to this podcast to consider. And it's true. 
you know, one of my favorite quotes that I, I stole from our volunteer coordinator this morning was, you know, helping out is like a, it's like a grain of sand where, you know, you look at the beach, it's overwhelming. You're like, wow, this is an amazing beach, but it takes every single pebble of sand to create that. And we need every single donor, every single amount, as little as a dollar, it counts to create this mm -hmm. amazing beach oasis of what a wish experience is able to provide for our wish kids and families. So, you know, we we I can I concur with you. Let's get let's get people involved. Let's get them pumped up and 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 ready to uh, help out our wish kids because like many of our guests have said in the past, you know, they always talk about how you get so much more in return than what you're given a lot of time and um and that's really amazing. So one other question I have for you because you had a wish and you had a really cool wish and as a Sweet Sixteen party, um, if you could have another wish what would it be and to and i'll give you a few seconds to think about it because to remind our listeners we have five formal wish categories they are to go to meet to have to be and to give so out of the five formal wish categories lisa what wish would you want to have if you could redo your wish or in what we're doing now with our kids is reimagining their wishes so what would your wish be hmm that's a tough one I don't know. I, mean, I would say I, were, now. were you a big like Backstreet Boys fan? Because they were hot in 2000, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is my my 30, my 36 year old self saying this. Um, I would have loved that now we can't. I would have loved to meet Alex Trebek. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was the man. I watch I watch Jeopardy most of my life and it's something that we still do. And when I met my husband, he didn't really watch it. And now it's something like, we got to watch Jeopardy. And when he passed away, I was so sad. But um, he just seemed like such a nice man. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, so you're a big game show fan. I mean, we, we, let's talk about that. A I little am. Bit. So you love Family Feud. You love Jeopardy. What other game shows do you enjoy um, watching? I like Wheel of Fortune. And I do love... Not everyone will agree with me, but I love Supermarket Sweep. That was uh, the new one. I, I, used to watch, I watched the old one, and now the new one's on, and I love it. That's so and cool. Like, guys, groceries, games. I like them all. They're fun, <laughs> right? I, mean, I, I enjoy those shows, too. And and funny enough, when I was in the hospital, that's I used to watch that all the time because that was what was on in the middle of the day when I was getting radiation or treatment, whatever. Yep. It was a lot of mm -hmm. Maury Povich and a lot of um, – game shows like <laughs> and old reruns of like uh you know general hospital and stuff that was that was like literally all i had to watch i mean kids now like you said before with all the streaming they have they have it you know it's so much easier to watch all the cool shows you know now than it was and they don't even know about commercials right <laughs> oh my goodness the kids don't know what they got man we're talking about like mid, mid mid 30s uh adults it's just what it is <laughs> um so last question as part of our shooting star segment in okay. one word, how would you describe Make-A-Wish? I did read this question, so I'm prepared. All right. <laughs> Inspiring. Inspiring. And, 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 and your experience and, and your journey of your wish, it is truly inspiring to me and, and I'm sure to our listeners as they hear your story because, you know, it does take a village to kind of get through all the stuff that you're going through when you're facing a critical a critical illness um mm -hmm. you know there's so much stuff that you got to deal with um on a personal level and then you know seeing your family also kind of go through it with you um, mm -hmm. so our families need that 
need something to look forward to. They need something that's going to get them through to the other side. And, you know, thankfully, you know, we're in a position as an organization and as a chapter here at Make Wish Hudson Valley to to bring these families some joy and some hope during a time that it is, you know, the darkest that they're going through. So, um, mm -hmm. wow, what a what a great episode that we had today with Lisa. Uh, we can't thank you enough for sharing about your wish and how it's impacted your life. It's impacted your career. Um, <laughs> it's truly amazing to see how that all how you how a wish of a sweet 16 party has transformed into a lifelong passion for helping people and um, that's something to definitely be inspired by so lisa thank you so much for sharing your your story with us we really appreciate it thank you thanks for having me to our listeners remember you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today we invite you to rate review and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast to help us reach as many people as possible about our wonderful mission. Special thanks to the executive producers of the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf. Shout out to Wish alum Brian Chin for providing our podcast theme music. And finally, from all of us at the Wish House, stay safe and healthy. <laughs>